0: members of Good Shepherd Congregation, family and friends of Norma that have gathered here today and are gathering around their radio or their computer as a few of us gather together in God's house. But especially to you, Kim and Jared, Melissa, Michelle, grace and peace. Love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord, amen. Text for our meditation today, kind of hard to nail down really because what your mom told me to preach on was the Good Shepherd and Easter. Psalm 23, the Shepherd psalm comes to mind. We heard those wonderful words from John 10 where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. We heard from first Peter where Jesus is the shepherd and overseer of our souls. There are so many shepherd and sheep pictures and images all throughout scripture and right smack dab in the middle of Easter season is Good Shepherd Sunday. Need to share with you a little little story that happened back home, northeast Nebraska. We always considered Columbus to be western Nebraska growing up in West Point. But in northeast Nebraska, one Easter Sunday morning, the service, as you can imagine, was getting a little bit long. We had three services on Easter Sunday morning, and so we had to get people in and out, and it was gonna be tight. The closing hymn for our Easter sunrise service was this hymn that we just sang. He's risen, he's risen, written by C.F.W. Walther who was born on this day, long, long, long ago, the first president of Concordia Seminary in St. Louis, the first president of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, a great Easter hymn. And so the pastor made the announcement, we'll just sing the first two verses. Well, if you look at verse two of he's risen, he's risen, there's a little bit of a problem. The foe was triumphant. You see that? The foe, Satan, the the devil, was triumphant when on Calvary the Lord of creation was nailed to the tree. In Satan's domain did the host shout and jeer, for Jesus was slain, whom the evil one fear. Jesus was still in the tomb, And it's Easter Sunday. As we had processed out of church, all of a sudden the pastor realized what had happened. He raced back into the church, stopped everybody and everything and said, we need to sing the rest of the hymn. He did not want to leave the people with that last word of verse 2. Fear, fear, it's a tough word, isn't it? Fear, Psalm 23, I know a lot of pastors that, as they read that Psalm at the bedside of a member, when they get to that line, you know the line I'm talking about, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. They kind of race through that line. They don't want the people to think that they're really all that sick. You know, walking through the valley of the shadow of death. That's a tough one. We don't like to think about getting sick We don't like to think about economic upheaval. We don't want to think about political chaos, and we certainly don't want to think about death. There is a fear that has gripped our land that I have never seen in the 60 plus years that I've been alive. And yes, I was alive during the polio scare. The fear that is around is real. People afraid to leave their house. People afraid to go anywhere without a mask. People afraid to get too close. Certainly people afraid to give a handshake or a hug. When a loved one dies, how does a family Or friend or pastor respond when he or she can't put their arms around you and hug you and say may your comfort be in Jesus these are strange times aren't they but if we're honest if we're honest with ourselves, fear is always with us. It's always with us, whether, whether we're in a time of pandemic or not. We're always afraid of something, aren't we? When we're little, we're afraid that we will get picked last for the kickball game. When we get a little bit older, we're afraid that we're not gonna have a date for the homecoming dance or the prom, or that we'll drop the game-winning touchdown pass. When we get older, we're afraid that our grades might not be good enough to get us a good job. We're afraid that our coworker might get ahead of us. We're afraid that the neighbor's lawn looks better than ours. We're afraid we won't be able to retire when we want to. Or that when we retire, we won't be able to do the things we want to do. Or that our health will fail and we won't be able to go and do and see. Fear's all around us. My friends, fear is real. Because we live in a sin-filled world. There's only one time when fear did not exist in our world, and that was before Adam and Eve brought sin into the world. There was no sin, there was no sorrow, there was no suffering, there was no death because there was no sin. And one of the terrible consequences that came crashing down on this world when our first parents disobeyed God in the garden... was fear. And the greatest enemy of all that we fear is death. We don't think about it. We don't want to talk about it. If we do talk about it, it makes us uncomfortable. We hope that somehow God will make that great exception when it comes to us. And then the reality of a worldwide pandemic or the loss of our mom or grandma or sister drives that home. So we can pretend or we can look death right in the eye because God says Perfect love drives away all fear. First John 1, verse 7. Psalm 23 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. My friends, this is not a pious hope. This is not a pipe dream. This is God's guarantee for you. This was the promise that Norma clung to, especially during these last two years since the passing of Lyle. My friends, oftentimes a pastor will share the words of the shepherd's psalm with a loved one, most of the time because it's requested. The Lord is my shepherd. Contemporary translations say, What else do I need? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want or be in want. What do you want? What do you want? We all have wants and desires. We want to be happy, we want to be successful, we want to have a roof over our heads, clothes to wear, food in the cupboards and in our belly, we want to have a good job, we want to have a good reputation, we want safety and security. This is what I want. This is what most people want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? God is teaching us that when the Lord, the Lord God, the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is our shepherd, when we believe that by grace through faith, all of our other wants take on a whole different perspective. Why? Because we know that the good shepherd cares for his flock, that's you and me. He gives us everything we need to support this body and life. Not everything we want, not everything we desire, but everything we need. You hear how the Good Shepherd takes care of us? He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters, food, water, Peace and contentment. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. You ever been down? You ever been depressed? You ever been in a funk? The old word is melancholy. The cares and worries and fears of this world weigh us down. They press down on our soul. They rob us of the joy and happiness in this life. And the thing that crushes our soul the most is worry and fear. Worry and fear. God, the Lord, the good shepherd restores your soul. He drives away those worries and fears. The greatest worry and fear, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Maybe you've had situations like I have where you needed some help, you needed some support. You needed somebody to stand up and and say, yeah, he's right, I support him. And they let you down, they weren't there. Oh yeah, I'm right behind you. And you wonder to yourself, how many blocks How many miles? Not so with the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd is not only with us, with me, with you. The Good Shepherd has gone where no one has gone before. The Good Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That's what Jesus did. Jesus, the Good Shepherd, died. On Calvary's cross, for wayward sheep like us, for every time we have let fear consume us, for every time when we've chased after the voices of other shepherds, for every time that we have strayed from the flock, for every time that we wanted our own pastures and our own waters rather than what God provides in his holy will. For all of our sin, Jesus, the good shepherd, came into this world. He lived a holy and perfect life for you. He died the death we deserve. And three days later, the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep picked it back up again, never to die again. This is what the good shepherd has done. He not only is with us in the valley of the shadow of death, he turns on the light so that we see that death is nothing to fear it is only a shadow it is the portal we pass through from life everlasting here in the midst of a sin-filled world to life everlasting perfect holy and glorious with our good shepherd forever and ever and ever you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies we're gonna laugh at death we're going to celebrate this, uh, this table. It's a banquet table. We're going to laugh at death because we know that death does not have the last word. Life has the last word. All who cling to Jesus, the good shepherd, in faith, share in the victory that he has won for us. And now, as we live... We don't live in fear. Just a few verses after those verses that we read from John 10, Jesus says, Not only is he the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep to pick it back up again, Jesus says, I have come to give you life and life to the full. What is this full life that Jesus talks about? It's a life that isn't afraid of the enemies that are against us, the devil, the world, and our own sinful flesh. It's a life that has confidence, even in the midst of fear and pandemic, because we know that our sins are forgiven. Our name is written in the book of life. My friends, we can laugh at death because we know our good shepherd has overcome death and we because of the blood of Jesus will dwell in the house of the Lord forever my friends this is this is what Norma clung to this was not only her hope this was her confidence it was just a few weeks ago I was over at the house and she was telling me that things were getting worse instead of better and she wasn't sure how much time she had left she said don't worry my kids with that and I said let's uh, let's hear what God's Word says I read Psalm 23. She says, oh, i memorized that pastor when I was in grade school back in Columbus. And then she looked at me and said, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to die. I know where I'm going. And it's not because I have been such a great Christian in my life. I know where I'm going because of the Good Shepherd Jesus. When she was in the hospital, and we couldn't go for a visit. It was tough. She wanted to be around family. She wanted to hear the voice of the good shepherd encouraging her and comforting her from the mouth of her pastors. So, we talked on the phone. We heard God's word on the phone. We prayed on the phone. One day she said, Pastor, I really appreciate this. But when I get back to my house, I want you there, right away. You see, a sheep who belongs to the good shepherd longs to hear the shepherd's voice. It wasn't because of my dazzling personality or silly funny stories that she wanted me to come by for a visit. It's because she knew that I would bring the word of God. She knew that I would bring Christ's body and blood in and under bread and wine, the holy meal, the Lord's supper that the good shepherd has prepared for his sheep, and many of you saw it and witnessed it. She hungered for the word of God, because that's what sustained her. That was kind of a low blow. That um, the treatments are making me sicker, and they can't continue. You know, by today's standards, 70 is a spring chicken. It's okay to feel cheated. It's okay to miss your mom and grandma. It's okay to be mad. But be mad at the right thing. Don't be mad at God. Be mad at sin. Don't be mad at God. Be mad at cancer. Remember. Christ Jesus. Has overcome. All sin. God has done something. About it. He sent his son. Not to give us. Temporary healing or temporary life, but life everlasting with him before the very table of God, eating and drinking and celebrating for all eternity. Imagine the celebration, the family reunion that's going on right now. It might be hard to get a word in edgewise because Lyle's probably talking about that big bass that he caught. My friends, today, today our tears are real, but by the power of God's word, by the power of the good shepherd, who overcame sin, death, and the grave, he will turn your tears of sorrow into tears of joy. Joy, because Christ has beaten death and the grave. Joy because Norma, a poor miserable sinner, clung to Jesus in faith and now is gathered before the throne of God with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven. And there is a grand and glorious celebration in store for you. Because everything that the Good Shepherd has done for the world, everything the Good Shepherd did for Norma, the Good Shepherd. Has done for you listen to his voice hunger for his word remember the great legacy of faith that Norma has left us and most of all thank God because the gift of Jesus is yours not because of how much you pay, or pray, or obey, but because of God's great love for you. Jesus lives. The victory's won. He's risen, he's risen, Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen to the words that we sang that Easter morn in West Point when we started all over again our Easter service. Oh, where is your sting death? We fear you no more. Christ rose and now open is fair Eden's door. For all our transgressions, his blood does atone. Redeemed and forgiven, we now are his own. Christ is risen, he is risen indeed, hallelujah. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our fears in Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd. Amen. Our service continues with the prayers of the church. Please stand.